Folks, I am fired up today because remember, as I've always said, this ain't no podcast. This is an adventure cast. This is about getting into that helicopter and seeking out interesting guitar layers and finding guitar treasure and bringing it back to you. That's right. This ain't two microphones in a basement. What I'm saying is if Indiana Jones was a guitar player, this would be his show. Okay, I better put the guitar down before I get myself in trouble here. Not to overstate matters, but you're smart for listening today because, wow, what a true adventure I have for you. One of the best yet. Today, brought to you by Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com, we're going all the way to Europe to hop on an incredible arena tour. We're going to Germany for a deep guitar hang with Irish guitar virtuoso, an undeniable guitar badass. Simon McBride. That's right, we're plugging in and trading licks with the amazing new guitar player for Deep Purple. So turn off your notifications, turn on your ears, because you're about to hear stuff like this. that. There's more where that came from. That's audio from the Oberhausen Germany show a couple of nights ago, just the the second to last show of the 16th show tour. That's right. I was so pumped after interviewing Simon and the stuff that he showed me that I brought my Zoom H6 recorder out into the crowd just two or three hours later when Deep Purple were performing to capture some of it for you so you can hear these moments that Simon is demonstrating in our interview. I wanted to put you there. Yes, everybody, I'm still Jude Gold, creator of No Guitar Is Safe, the guitar show where guitar heroes plug in. And how did I end up in Europe with Simon and the Deep Purple Gang? Well, as some of you have probably picked up by now, being that this is episode 158, I've been the uh, lead guitarist of Jefferson Starship since 2012, and well, we had a tour booked with Deep Purple in 2020, but we all know what happened that year. But it finally happened. Postponed due to pandemic, etc. But when did we take off? September 26th. I can't remember. It's all a blur. September 26th, we took off for this amazing run of Europe. And we had the honor of opening arenas for Simon and Deep Purple each night for the past month or so. And what an epic run from Norway to Denmark to Sweden to the Netherlands to Luxembourg, Poland, Switzerland, Italy, France, and of course, Germany. Best musical adventure I've had yet. And yes, I can report from me to you, one guitar player to another. From me standing at the monitor board every night when Purple was playing 10 or 15 feet away from Simon, watching him throw down. Yes, I can report that this new guitar player for Deep Purple is a certified, badass, cold-blooded killer on the guitar. After all, what would you expect from a band that had Richie Blackmore, even Tommy Bolin, and then, up until spring of this year, the great Steve Morse on guitar? Of course they're going to bring in a ringer. 
They're a band of ringers. Simon delivers the goods. And yo, pause for a second. Back to Steve Morris. Let me take a moment to tip my hat to Steve, one of the greatest guitarists ever. Personal hero of mine since I got my first copy of Guitar Player Magazine in 1982 when I was a seventh grader. An issue that had him and his famous Frankenstein million pickup Telecaster on the cover. And a guitar hero that I am proud to say after interviewing Steve so many times, including this podcast, has become a friend over the years. And yeah, let's all say to Steve, job well done. I mean, we're talking about the Dixie Dregs super guitarist. Goes on to do 28 years blazing for Deep Purple. Countless world tours with them, albums, only stepping down because his wife, Janine, is facing ongoing chemo treatments. And he just can't be on the road these days when she needs help. So he turned over the throne to Simon. Steve Morse, a hero off the guitar as well as on the guitar. A hero with a smile so bright it's rivaled only by Eddie Van Halen's. Good luck, Steve and Janine, as you deal with this. And before I move on with the show, there's two words that have to be said. Fuck cancer. But the world keeps turning and a good band rarely stops when a player, even a great one, steps down. And Deep Purple, man, they're on a roll, as they have been for decades, with their new guitar player, this prodigy named Simon McBride. Simon is about 42 or 43 years old by my estimation because I guess he was born in 79, but that makes him quite young in the world of classic rock. But he got started way younger than that at our little uh, goodbye party the other night with both bands having a drink after the last show. Simon was telling me how he was gigging like back when he was age 11, playing on TV, playing on like local talk shows. I think he even played eruption on tv once or something like that showing off his talents but he had only been playing for two years because he started at age nine at age 15 this little irish wonderkind went to england to compete in guitarist magazine's live performance competition held at wembley conference center and he won he was crowned young guitarist of the year badass i think within five years he was playing lead guitar for headlining bands such as sweet savage and Later, Andrew Strong, the singer of the of the uh, movie The Commitments, he's famous for starring in that. And Simon's got all kinds of cool solo stuff out, including a new album we're going to get into that just came out this year called The Fighter. Don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare. So yeah, my name is Jude Gold. Thanks again for listening. I swear we're about to join Simon, but this is a moment. I just got to tell you how lucky I am to have done this epic adventure playing on stage opening for Deep Purple every night. It was unforgettable. The crowds were great. Words can't do it justice, I swear. Describing to you the adventure we just had rocking Europe and these giant venues for 10 or 12,000 rock fans every night, being part of this great team from truck drivers to the stage techs, the instrument techs to the PA and lighting riggers, these guys who risk their lives every morning climbing across these steel I-beams a million feet above the arena's cement floors. Everyone else, the 
the staff of Deep Purple and managers and oh man, making friends for life over there. And you don't know if you're ever gonna see some of these people again. Riding in one of those badass double-decker Euro buses from city to city, getting off stage each night, man. There was like there'd be ten local stagehands back there, ready to carry all our gear off stage in mere minutes. Heroes, catering, hanging out with Deep Purple. Come on, we actually bonded with them. It was really great. We're talking about Ian Pace, famous drummer Pacey, famous singer Ian Gillen bassist Roger Glover, and of course, Simon. And last but not least, genius keyboardist Don Airy, who I first saw when I was 12 years old when I saw my second rock concert, Ozzy Osbourne, The Diary of a Madman Tour. Don Airy, as you'll find out, factors huge in Simon's story. And then, of course, the days off, exploring incredible towns like Berlin and Gothenburg and Milan, eating incredibly well wherever we (laughs) went. Eating way too well, I would say. No time to get into that, but suffice it to say, in case you don't know, European hotel breakfasts utterly destroy American hotel breakfasts. Sorry. Anyway, trying to describe this whole adventure to you, man, it's like it's like Dorothy waking up in her bed in Kansas at the end of Wizard of Oz trying to tell Auntie M what happened. It's impossible. The best part, though, was, you know, for us, every night in the support slot, after we played our 45 minute set, hitting that last chord and feeling the love from the fans. But the real story here is, of course, the Deep Purple show and Simon McBride. It's truly amazing. Not only do they do a set of just these epic rock tunes, most of which you know and have known for millions of years, but they have these amazing solo spots and mesmerizing instrumental sections. It's really hypnotic and an amazing concert, deep musical moments. And Simon also has a fucking great guitar tech in Tommy Alderson, Steve Morse's longtime tech, going back to the dregs and Tommy's a killer player. One of our many new friends, gotta give a big shout out to Tommy for setting us up with a guitar and an amp in this room we're about to head into and making this interview with Simon happen. Also, Yost Miller and Wessel Hartman, Jefferson Starship crew, who brought me the mic stands and set it and uh, booked the room so we could have it. And of course, our guitar tech, Todd Mills, for getting me dialed for this guitar hang with Simon. Let's fire up the copter and say a quick thank you again to Guitar Player Magazine and GuitarPlayer.com. Guitar Player, play better, sound better. All right, let's rev up the chopper take it on its longest ride yet across the country and over the pond to Oberhausen, Germany. Keep it alive till you're 95, y'all. practice amps. That's a black star you got going there. I got this little rolling cube. This thing flew all the way from California for this moment. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I think I have one of those somewhere in the house. They're great. I've had it for years, but yeah. Yeah, not bad. They're a little bit heavy for the suitcase. I mean. Yeah. So, uh, 
And uh, I don't want to like be too loud or anything. Just let me know. No, you're all good. We got a lot of natural reverb in here. This is one of these giant rooms that they have. Everything's big in an arena. Yeah, it is. Yeah, everything's very echoey and very boomy and very you know it's. Uh, I don't, don't see as me on reverb pedals. <laughs> yes, no, let me raise that. Wow. So, do you travel with your uh, PRS and always have it in a hotel room with you, or a gig bag, or do you usually warm up in the rooms? Or yeah, I always have uh, a guitar in in the room. Um, Sometimes it's this one, you know, the kind of signature one, or sometimes it's the other one. It's whatever, whatever one Tommy doesn't have to do any work to, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I always like to have one with me just in case, yeah. uh, you know, I want to have a bit of a fiddle or, you know, play around, you know. Uh, I, have, I have lots of stuff with me. I have, like, um, interface and, you know, recording stuff. I haven't used it yet, but it's there, just, just in case I want yeah. to. <laughs> Yeah, this has been quite a tour. I remember we joined you guys in uh, Norway. We're just working our way down through all these countries. Here mm-hmm. we are in Oberhausen, Germany. Yes, that's right. It's been uh, it's been long, but it's been fun. It's actually kind of you know flew in. I, I feel anyway, you know. And you guys have been great. You know, I love listening to all uh, uh, you know, the songs you're doing. It reminds me of uh, of childhood, really. Yes, <laughs> so it our, does. Our parents' childhoods, really. Yes. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah, that is a wonderful guitar. Now that's like on first glance, it looks like a PRS single cut with a F hole on the top. But yes. is this your custom model? Or your... Yeah, you know, I, I have um, I got this made for me about uh, oh, I don't know eight nine years ago. It's basically a, a, a PRS four hundred eight, um, which they stopped making. Um, but I loved I loved the design of it. I loved the design of the pickups. People, they, they, I don't think they were that popular because people couldn't change the pickups to whatever, like a Seymour Duncan or something. So because they're slightly odd shape. But I you know I love the design of them, and and it's very versatile. You know, you have a, you know three way toggle yeah. selector, and you know these two little switches. They basically yeah. split each humbucker you know so it's means you can have you know kind of a that kind of you know full-on humbucker then you can switch it to the neck positioning now if you had a big proper valve amp you'd probably hear it a bit cleaner than that but you know yeah it's this uh but yeah it's kind of you know the neck's made for me and everything's just slightly tweaked on it so yeah I love the I love how you clean up like maybe on say the beginning of Uncommon Man. Yeah. This next song is dedicated to the memory of our beloved John Lord. You alright, John? It's called Uncommon Man.
it's 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 brilliant for that sort of thing. If you have a real valve amp, and um, I find this guitar just does that really really well. It, it you know I have lots of pedals and you know overdrive pedals and stuff on the board, but half the time I don't use them because I get all the sounds a lot you know out of the guitar just by using the volume knob. You know, and you probably notice in this one I don't have a tone knob. You know, right. people always say why do you not have a tone knob, and I'm like. I haven't used one in 25 years, so <laughs> what do I need one for, you know, so. Do you, if you need to cut back the highs a little bit, does that happen when you pull down, or do you have like a capacitor in there? I think there's a little capacitor or something in there. When you back it off, it actually gets a little bit brighter. Yeah. I guess so. Um, so, you know, that's how you get that clean, cleaned up sort <sighs> it of It sounds sound. really great, man. It's been so exciting to watch you play every night, all in these great arenas all over the place well thanks man it's been you know it's been a lot of fun you know it's been a it, well for me it's been a you know a, a weird and wonderful year <laughs> it's yeah. been a drastic change to my life so yeah no doubt i mean i w we happened to be on the same boat which was the legends of rock cruise we were playing and hmm. purple is playing and that turned out to be steve morse's last show yep yeah and uh but, yeah uh, it's um yeah it's been crazy you know, uh, I kind of had a rough idea, you know, I was going to maybe, you know, stepping in for Steve, if, you know, at the end of last year, just for a few shows here and there. But yeah. um, then, you know, in the middle of the last tour I did, they, they, they asked me, you know, they told me the story of Steve's, you know, stepping away, obviously. And uh, so uh, and asked me what I did. And I was like, yeah, I'll think about it. <laughs> no, I said, yes, straight away. <laughs> right. So what are some of your favorite, like you're a, if we talk about the footsteps, like Blackmore, mm. I guess Tommy Bolin was here for some time, and That's then right. of course Morse for like 28 years. What's your favorite Morse moment that you might kind of channel um, when you're doing the show? The thing is with Steve, Steve is, uh, some people say he was never the right you know, choice for Purple, but I think he was in a way because he was different. You know, uh, he wasn't, you know, Steve comes from that kind of more, well, I think that kind of country aspect of thing, you know, from the Dixie Dregs and stuff like that. And he brought that whole element to it. So sometimes when you, when I play his stuff, it's like, whoa, this is interesting and different. You know, it's not something I would normally play, but it's always really cool to do because, you know, as, yeah. a, you know, as a guitarist, you're always looking for, you know, different challenges and, and new things to try. So, um, Everything is really cool that he does. There's like you mentioned, Uncommon Man. You know, you know, just things like that. You know, the riffs and you know uh, some of the things he does, and a lot of the, the lead lines. Believe it or not, he's very melodic. Yeah. You know, with some of the stuff he does. Um, I can't remember. Did he write this one? Can yeah. you show us? Like that to me seems like a Morse thing. <laughs> yeah, that that's just right up Morse's street. You know, it's basically you know. A <laughs> Yeah. It's 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 complicated but it's very melodic, you know. Yes. And um then there's other other solos he does uh Oh, here we go with the titles. I always forget the titles. But anyway, it, you know, it goes like a Very 
simple, but you know, just very melodic, and then just works for the song. So yeah. that's that's what I love about his playing. It's not so wild and crazy like Richie was a little bit off the wall, you know, completely, you know, with, with certain things. You just listen to any of the live stuff, but Steve is a bit more controlled and a bit more melodic and. And uh, yeah, he was, you know, he, he, you know, he's Steve Morse. He's from that period of time, you know, the giants yeah. of like, you know, Paul Gilbert and Steve Morse and Satriani and all that. Yeah. So you gotta love him. Like. blazing badass and we all love watching you in our band every night because uh as a uh, spectacular and dexterous there's always this emotion too we're always like he's so donny our drummers is like he always plays with so much emotion he just loves him and so how yeah who are some of the players that inspired you as a youth that like who's the, when you think of someone who strikes you just the deepest emotion and soul and it almost makes you want to cry who's a guitar player that did it for you it's got to be gary murr yes me, you know uh gary was a massive influence on, on me when i was a kid you know obviously you know he's obviously from belfast too um but it's gary is one of the first players i listened to and and, and seen live which in, inspired me to go I want to do that, you know, because uh, remember, my dad took me to one of his gigs. I, I think I was 10 or something like that. And um, big, you know, big hall and, you know, lights and big 80s stage and all that kind of yeah. thing. And Corridor of power. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, I got to do that. That's what I want to do. But the thing is with Gary, you know, he played with such aggression and such passion. And oh, my God. I think from learning all his stuff over the years and, you know, it's just a natural thing that comes out, you know. Um so that that emotion, it's 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 just yeah. I I got I got to thank players like Gary for that, you know. Uh, yeah, I think he. I like to say he recorded the heaviest fucking Strat sound ever, single coil Strat, which was Cold Hearted. Yeah. I'm not. I've a, I obviously have a humbucker here, but yeah. That if any if anyone checks out Cold Hearted, like, and then the solo on the fade out is just. It's underrated song. I don't know if everybody knows that song. And yeah, so many moments with him. There's so many Gary Moore songs which are are, are amazing, and and uh, which a lot of people don't really, you know, listen to because you know he was so popular with the blues thing. When he came yeah. along, that just broke him and made him massive. Yeah. But people forget like Corridors Apart, and, and uh, they're all brilliant albums, and the yeah. guitar riffs, you know. Oh, they, <laughs> yeah, you should do that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I love that yeah. shit That's 
Fred? Now you got me fired up. We got to play a little bit. Uh, what would you like to warm up on or just burn something on? I'm going to play rhythm guitar. Whatever, man. You, you just start playing. Uh, all. You, wanna, you, you pick a key and I'll... <laughs> you want to do a... You're so great at either blues and all the way on to the hard rock shit, so... Whatever, let's just do some bluesy or something, you know? Yeah. All right, start it off. Uh, like this? Here's a here's a Eddie Van Halen lick stolen that fits the blues. Three, four. <laughs> you have to show me that one. Is that it? There? Yeah. Wait, there's one extra note on the D string. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, now there's one thing I wonder if I could ask you. This uh, thing you do, and I think it's Uncommon Man, where uh-huh. you're, you're mesmerizing the whole city. I'm not exaggerating. Everyone's like hinging on your every note. And you're like, it's some kind of descending thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so effective, whatever that is. It's the most simplest thing on the planet. All I'm doing is running down a major scale. It's like a... 
start on the you know the so two. Sounds like a G major scale first, or I mean an A. It's an F major, F major scale start. You know, just you start on the you know the the third of it. Yeah. And you just move it up a semitone every time. You have a nice blend of like you know being able to pick alternating when you really need to, but also throwing in yeah, hammer on stuff. It's a thing I do a lot. You know the the, the combination of like legato, hammer ons, pull offs, yeah. picking all the time. I I was never a fan of just you know straight ahead alternate picking, or I was never a fan of just straight ahead yeah. you know legato at once. So I kind of like to um, mix and match, and just I've always done that. Whether it's you know. <laughs> It's always like a yeah. Awesome. Um, there's another note, another moment that is quite the opposite of what we're talking about right here, which is you hit one note mm-hmm. and get it to sustain. Sometimes. <laughs> well, so far you're 15 and 0 on this tour. Yeah. It's, uh, there's been a few occasions that you know, you know, it's the. You have to find the right spot, you know. It's yeah. usually inches apart, you know. It's a really beautiful because you're not at first, at least. I don't think you're even doing any vibrato. You're just kind of holding the note, yeah, and yeah. it just goes. That's right. And I believe it's that one. What goes into that? So obviously, you have a huge rig behind you. Maybe a couple of pedals. What's what's, yeah, your, what's your secrets? Secrets. It's basically it's it's positioning. Um, now they get the feedback. You know, he. Uh, well, it's a big rig behind me. I have yeah. you know the angle heads and stuff, and then I kick in uh, just a little bit of a boost of a cheap screamer, which I kick in on top of that, and just you know it helps it sustain a little bit. Yeah. But sometimes, it, but a lot of it is to do where you stand. You know, you, yeah. if you stand like you know three inches to the right you won't get it if you stand three inches to the left you won't you know it's a weird thing or else it goes into uh, a fifth or something yeah some random note it's like no that's not the one I want so (laughs) uh, sometimes I uh, uh, most of the time I get it because I know with where where my feet are positioned with the pedal board yeah. it's a strange and nerdy thing but we all do it i remember uh don was telling me gary used to walk around the stage you know for about 20 minutes and get this his, his guitar tech and go put an x there yeah. put an x there you know so he needed yeah. to put his feet there you know and that's where he got the big yeah. long notes from as well so um yeah it's the crowd love it it's easy but the crowd love it <laughs> and um 
speaking of Don, I think you're talking about Don Airy. This yes. Majestic keyboardist. brilliant to see a musician maybe that one of your connections to this band is that you used to play with him yeah and you might have recorded with him on some tracks and yeah you know to be honest uh, I have a lot of uh, uh, I gotta thank Dawn for a lot of things you know um, there was a period in my career where you know a long time ago where I kind of I'm not gonna say give up but it just kind of like you know things were just going round and round in circles and nothing was really happening and then I and then I met Dawn asked me to do he runs this little charity festival in his in his hometown and um and he asked me to do it one year just you know you know play 45 like the minutes. Roots and soul festival yeah the blues and soul festival and soul yeah festival. so we did i did that and um we got on very very well and then uh he mentioned to me about playing on a record of his just you know guest on a couple of songs and uh so we did that it was great, and then. Do you remember the names of those songs? Or? No. <laughs> What's the name of the record? I think the album is called Keyed Up. I think he's cool. a, he's a few. I, I can't remember, but uh, me with names is, is I'm, I'm very bad. Uh, yeah. But he asked me to play on that, and I played on a few songs, you know, because at you know at that point he had he had lots of guest artists. He had, you know, I think Bonamassa played on it as well, and yeah. Gary played on it too at the time, and so I did that.
and he asked me to tour with him. And um, but it was a funny experience. I remember uh, walking into a rehearsal room in in London with Dawn, and um, there was the drummer was a guy called Darren Mooney, who played for Gary Moore. And nice. he plays for Primal Scream too. And there was Lawrence Cottle, who played for Gary Moore. And then there was Dawn, you know, obviously played with Gary. So I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> no pressure here, you know, I got basically Gary's band standing behind me, and I'm going, oh, okay. But right. also kind of a dream come true, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, you know, it was a massive learning experience for me. It kind of just, you know, stepped me up to the next level you know in, in my own my own head because i was like yeah. okay i need to be better than what i am okay because these you know those guys are just you know i've heard dawn every night these doesn't change it's there's no there's no 80 percent one night it's 100 percent. that's it all the time uh so yeah you know things spiraled on from there you know i you know met gillen and uh toured with him and you know i did a couple of albums well, a couple of live albums with him and uh some stuff with dawn as well and yeah, I kind of have yeah. to thank Don for all of this, you know. Yeah. Ian Gillen, lead singer. Ian Gillen, yes, he's the, the famous lead singer. singer. Most people know, but in case they don't. Yeah, I'm sure people have heard him, you know. Yeah, one you've one heard the that most, guy. Yeah, little you know, Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah, old iconic rock singer, you know. <laughs> You're with a, just this incredible group of originals in the band. Yeah. We got, of course, we got to tell people, I mean, you're living the moment of the guitar riff of all time. Yeah, I know. What's it, it like when you step, you step up there, and the crowd's waiting, you give them like 10 seconds, then you finally start off smoke. What's the secret? Are you ever are you worried about the tempo at all? Ever or is it just in, you're just uh... at the minute? No, I don't worry about. It. I, the first time I played it, yes, I was you know was very very uh, uh, nervous because um, believe it or not, the first time I actually played "Smoke in the Water" ever was with Ian Gillen. Yeah. I never, I never, I was one of those kids, and I never actually you know I'd, I'd learned it when I was like I don't know eight or nine or something like that, but I'd never played it since then and. The first time I had to play it was with Ian Gillen, you know, in front of 10,000 people or something. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> you know, but it's, a, you know, it's such a simple riff. The secret is just, you know, there is a tempo to it and you just you just have to keep it simple. Some some guys just try to overcomplicate it and play things, you know, guitar players like to play it like a guitar player. They like to throw vibrato into it and other things into it. Yeah. And, you know, the essence of that riff is the simplicity and if you do anything else but what's on there, it just you kind of lose it, you know. Yeah. Um, because I just keep it very simple, and that's that gives it the par, you know. And then Don, or, or you know, kicks in with a Hammond playing the same thing, and Roger yeah. kicks. In. It's just, oh, it's just a wall of you know par, yeah. and that's. But yeah. it's always very exciting every night to do it, you know. Yeah. Just because the audience, just every every everywhere we play, the audience go mad for it. You yeah. know? Well, don't deprive us. You gotta play. A okay, little. okay. You okay, played okay. at the third position. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, 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 you know, there's lots of experts out there will tell you, oh, you gotta play it like this, and you gotta play it with your fingers. And I go, no, nah, well, I'll just play it like this. You know, it's like a with a pick. 
and Steve has told me that he's given you the keys to the vault keys of the tone the of how it was yeah. originally recorded. Or yeah, I read that somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, no, um, yeah, it's 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 one of those things you just have to play it and not really think about it and just just go for it and that's it. And the tone is important too. I love your tone because it's very aggressive. Like, it's not smooth. Like, what's your philosophy on a kick-ass hard rock arena tone? It's, it's got we, some teeth. Yeah, you have to have... Well, I'm old school in a way, so I, I, I don't... You know, I have a lot of the modern, you know, gadgets, like, you know, uh, quad cortexes stuff, which I use in the studio and I think is great. But live, I'm always that old school kind of a player. I'm used to the old, you know, fire-breathing dragon of marshals or, or whatnot. That, you know, that kind of thing where basically it's like, I'm shouting at you, you know, when you play. Um, so, yeah... I, you know the angle. You know I started using the angle stuff you know, when when I you know joined Purple and um, you know they kind of it was nice. I used Steve's head for a while and they they're great. But it, you know again it suits Steve. It's it's a bit more compressed and a bit more high gain. And plus there's too many buttons on it for me. I'm a very simple guy. I just like just give me yeah. my bass, mid, treble, gain, volume, done. So yeah. you know the guys at Angle they tweaked the head for me. I wanted that more. Uh, aggressiveness with it, you know, especially around the high mids and stuff, because that's that's what's where guitar frequency lies, really. And um, so they made it, and it, it sounds great. So I th it, the key thing is with guitar, and, and we all know this, is this, you know, it's it's in the mid frequencies. Once you start sucking those out, you know, you lose the guitar signal in a gig, whether it's a small club yeah. or an arena or a stadium, you know, you just need those frequencies to cut through, you know, especially when you play with a Hammond, because, you know, a Hammond uh, and Leslie, they're on very similar frequency range, yeah. so you have to figure out what works best, so I figured especially out... Especially when you play with two Leslies. <laughs> two Leslies and a Marshall stack, basically. Yeah, he's got yeah. the Marshall too. So I figured out, you know, I just needed it a little bit in the more higher mids, because the Hammond doesn't get that far, so, and that's how... I, with this band, you know, uh, uh, the guitar and the Hammond work really well together now because it's there's that little bit of separation. And um, I don't know, it's just what I've always been used to. I'm just always used to that, you know, just plugging in the amp and going. That's yeah. it, you know. Uh, sometimes I find modern amps are a little bit too compressed, but yep. everybody's different, you know, everybody has their thing. And I'm with you, totally. Agree. Yeah. All right, you gotta play some more for me, man. We all do. I don't know. Let's, uh, I'll give you some minor, some jam or something. All right.
Mittwoch. Thank you for that. Oh, that was, that was fun. That was lovely, actually. <laughs> yeah, we could do that all day, but yeah. we'll both get in trouble. Yeah. Can't probably get like, thrown out. <laughs> it's like a big tour. It's like you got to clear the room three days in ahead of time. And <laughs> I know. I know. I love it, man. It's crazy. Uh, so you also have this great new album out, The Fighter. Yes. That was like 2022, right? I think so. Yeah, it came out this year in May. So, uh, yeah, that, that one was in, you know, a long time coming, you know. Uh, that album was ready to go about you know, three years ago, uh, prior to COVID. Uh, but then, you know, all that happened and then that just yep. held everything up. So yeah, we just got it out there in May and, uh, you know, we had all plans to tour it and stuff, but then, you know, some other band happened and, you know, it ruined the, ruined the party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy, very proud of that album. You know, it, I did it with uh, mostly myself and um, a bunch of other musicians, and that was it really, so yeah. It's well, there's shit ton, as they say, of guitar moments on there. Yeah. Like, Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. I love that solo. Like, Well, there's like kind of like a two-part lead break, and the first one is you're playing leads, and then there's like these low volcanic growling sounds. going on in that moment uh i think the low volcanic grinding things is more, I, I kick in uh i got like a, a an old um, octavia pedal which uh it's a german company called valbrook and it's the only one i find which i like because um, most of them are all very nice and they work great at one thing but this one is a bit wild and crazy but it can yeah. be very nice too when you want it to so um yeah i use that yeah, uh, for that. I'm trying to remember the, the other part of this solo. <laughs> yeah, I think it may be a little more of a straight-ahead tone. Yeah, possibly, yeah. yeah. I, I like, yeah. you know, the only things I really mainly use on guitar lead sounds are mostly delay, yeah. reverb. That's a little bit. Uh, that's all, really. Everything else is like Octavius and just mad, crazy stuff, you know. Well, you've got a whole bunch of pedals on your boards, like one of the larger pedal train boards. But you're smart enough to have a switcher on there, so it looks like you can bypass most of them if you want to. What, what kind of switcher is that? Um, I use the, the gig rig stuff. It's a guy called Daniel. You know, it's a English. Well, he's Australian, but I think it's an English company. But um, no, I know Daniel for a long time. He's great. You know, all, all the power supplies and stuff underneath the board, that's all gig rig too. And um, 
you know, it's it just, uh, yeah, it's a big pedal board, but I find it's important to have a switcher so you can just, you know, if one goes down, you're you're not kind of screwed. I know most yeah. pedals are all true bypass, and it's fine, yeah, but... Or one little cable. Yeah. Did you make those cables yourself, all this? Well, that board I made myself, yeah, I made it all up, you know. There's I have like a George I, L. cables going on? Where you... I think they're evidence audios and stuff. Oh, evidence, right. They're mostly evidence audio, but um, there's a couple of George L's in there, too, I think. Those have worked pretty well for you. Yeah. I have, a, I have a million cables at home, so I was like, I need to use yeah. some of these. Um, but yeah, I use all that. And then, but there's there's two kind of two parts to the board. There's everything that's going through the switcher goes in line to the amp, and then I run the TC Electronics Plethora, which is like a multi effects, and into the the Boss Space Echo. Uh, well, no, first it all goes. It actually. It's the phaser, the, the TC electronics, and then the Boss uh, Space Echo. That's all in the effects loop of the amp. Yeah. Um, I run the phaser. It's a phase 90. I run it in the effects loop because I like the way when you kick it in, it just takes control of the whole sound. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Whereas you put it in line, it's, it's nice, but it just kind of it gets yeah. mixed, in mat, mixed in with it. But you put the phaser right. in, like when I use it in Perfect Strangers, it's just... Yeah. For one chord, it's like, whoa, what's going on? You know, so it's like the four chord or something. You're like, yeah, it goes to, it goes to, it, it goes to. Yeah, uh, you go from the major to minor. I kick it in. Yeah. yeah. every night we hang headbang to that one yeah it's you know, is that, that the key it's in it's in two it's basically it's a, a, I thought it was well, in D too or something well we dropped we dropped chin it uh, I don't know I don't remember but, we, but basically it's all you know you can play it in the standard it's in D normally on the record but we dropped chin it so it makes it goes down to C so but the riff is done in two keys it's amazing yeah. bit of uh, uh, uh well, wow, it's Richie being a genius again, you know. He's yeah. just, you know, it plays the first time in A. But then the second yeah. time when it kicks in, it goes down to... Awesome. That is such a moment. Yeah. It's, it's a great riff. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of those iconic riffs again, you know. Yeah. And there you are. I mean, you know, the lights do a very special thing in that moment. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember the first first gig, you know, when it came to that section and uh, all the lights go quite dark. <laughs> I yeah. remember saying to Louis, the lighting guy, I can't see what I'm doing. <laughs> I, th I think his response was, deal with it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs>
Oh yeah, it happens. Like I've, I've been playing this Music Man Saber. Yep. It's a pretty cool guitar, but like when the spotlight is straight on it, and you know, there's no like you cannot see these markers up there. Yeah. Yeah. On the side of the neck, they're just gone. I you know. Can, if you're doing, you can uh, you can get lost. <laughs> I know. Sometimes, yeah, it's it's muscle memory a lot of the time. You know, like I can, yeah. you know, when I'm standing up, I can't like there's big birds on this one, but I, when I'm standing up, I can't see them because all I can see is the tiny dots. You know, right. so it's uh, I'll have to guess where I am because always at the start of the show when we play, um, you know, Highway Star, because everything's pitch black, yeah. and we come in with a big chord. <laughs> I'm always having yeah. it's, it's like it's like a it's like a blind man fiddling around in the dark, you know, yeah. going one, <laughs> two, <laughs> G. Yeah. All mm. right, you gotta you gotta give me that solo. Oh, right. oh, there. <laughs> I do that. get up and sing it <laughs> oh yeah that one's stuck in her head yeah that's a fun blackmore moment right there So he's got the harmony on there, I guess. Yeah, he has a harmony, but it's, you know, I've tried harmony pedals. They just don't work because when he yeah. did it in the record, it was, you know, you, you know when you're doing yeah. harmonies, they, they, they always change. You can't get a pedal to do the same thing. Yeah, they thing. will never do exactly what you want and throw in one. Yeah. Have the same thing with Find Your Way Back. It's like a. Yeah. But, it's, you know, I'll do and what, there's certain moments where all of a sudden the harmony pedal lets you down. Yes, I know. I know. And it's I, like, I just chose not to use it this time. It's like, eh, I'll just be fine. But yeah, that's yeah. you know, that's 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 highway. That's one of those iconic solos. You just have to play it. It's, oh yeah. If there's you know, a, something that people can sing in their heads, like you got to bring it. For yeah, you know, because that that was the thing. They need their fix. You got to give them their fix. That's it, man. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> not nah, because people always ask me, you know, uh, you know. Do you have freedom to you know improvise and play different things? And I go, well, there's certain things you gotta play, like yeah. Highway Star. 
I'm not going to play anything else because that would be very arrogant of me to think that I can do better than that because I'm going, not a mission I could do better than that. That's a brilliant solo. It's iconic, you know, and there's a lot of solos like that. You know, a lot of stuff I kind of mix and match every night, you know, just change a few things here and there, but I think it's important to keep a little bit of uh, continuity with your with your playing, yeah. you know. Um, that way, you know, but, you know, that way you have the freedom then to, for one night you're feeling good and you go, okay, I'll maybe change this a little bit or change that, but, you know, there's certain solos, you have to, yeah. you have to keep them the same. And then there's Hush, yes. which is obviously a fantastic song. I mean, I remember when I first heard Hush, I didn't, I was shocked when I found out it was Deep Purple because it's like the least metal yeah. or hard rock and more kind of almost 60s and the Beatles-y kind of chorus. But there's a fantastic moment where you're, where you and Don Airy are trading keyboard guitar oh, yeah. <laughs> solos. And what I was, I was telling Tommy about this, but I love how you guys are really pushing each other. You're not just kind of like going through the motions. You're like trying to like kick each other's ass almost. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it is. It's every night. It's competition. It's full on battle. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, yeah, I think it's like uh, as Don says. Yeah, it's fourteen one to you, <laughs> to me. You know, so no, it, 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 every night it's you know it's fun, but it's like it's like uh, I'm gonna try harder, you know, because he, he he comes down and he he practices every day, you know, he's he's coming yeah. up with ideas to try and screw me up in it, you know. But it's uh, no, nah, it's just fun. We're just having a jam and having a laugh. Everybody knows the song. Na, 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 na.
show me some of the things you're doing. Some, I mean, I know it's spontaneous, but there's also some kind of like, like diminish. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, you throw like, any kitchen sink in there. Yeah, we kind of taste the. All that sort of stuff, and. <laughs> And then I, I do some I real stupid, stuff. spacey stuff, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, you, you know, and then we do all the kind of talky, you know, guitar parts, you know. Oh, yeah. You, you have to watch it, you know, and see, but it's, 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 it's fun. Yeah. We, just, we love doing it, and it's, it's good crack. You and know? it's a fast tempo. Yeah, it's really cool. it's a funny riff to play, you know. It's kind of a it's a weird because it's kind of got that, you know. Most people think it's. Yeah, yeah. Show us the. But it's how like a, if I play it slowly. So it's like. A, <laughs> yeah, it's basically that's it. Yeah, it's it's so it's it's a weird thing to do, you know. It's a uh, all right. Show us some of the stuff you don't know. It's a, in the trade-off thing, it's it's great because there's you know it's just Don, me, and Pacey. So there's nobody laying down a key, so we can drift in and out of stuff and just go wherever we want, you know, which is really yeah. cool, you know. Uh, but that's that's what makes it so crazy. There's another moment I got to ask you about a probably a gear thing, maybe mm-hmm. like a it's I call it the look my no hands. Like you hit a note and then I don't know if it's like a whammy pedal or something kind of the note underneath drops oh is that in uh, uh, perfect strangers at the end could be yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I do it a few few times in the set i have one one time you go up another time yeah at the start of highway star the kind of whole big you know you know on the record gillen did it with delays you know lots of screams and things yeah. a lot of the stuff coming in so no i have one of the digitech uh ricochet pedals yeah. Yeah. so for highway star i have it set uh so it goes up whatever two octaves yeah i think i have that pedal But I, I, it, it does the two octave thing, but it also keeps the dry signal there. You can mix. Yeah. 
So you get this kind of weird. Uh, well, I have it set to go automatically, so it goes very slowly all the yeah. way up to the two octave. But when you hit it, you know, you get this 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 two layered thing like that stays there, but one's going yeah. all the way up, you know, and then you keep changing it, and then really all I'm doing is that. Yeah. that but you put the pedal on it's mad and it's the same with perfect strangers only the other way around i just have it going down two octaves and it just goes into this mad crazy stuff that's great how you're kind of emulating ian's screams on the record yeah it's a great moment and you're recreating with your guitar any other stuff that gear that you like use a lot like maybe your home rig is different or other amps that you are I know if I've seen you with uh, Victory Amps or... Uh, I have a bunch of Mesa stuff. Barba. Yeah, a bunch of stuff at home. I have the Mezzabarba stuff. I have used the Victory stuff for a while. I have some Marshall stuff. I have PRS amps too. You know, yeah. I have a bunch bunch of amps. Um, yeah, I kind of just cater for whatever, you know, the gig is, yeah. you know. Uh, it's a funny thing. With, with, with Purple, I never thought I would use a big board. I thought it would be, you know, a couple of pedals, an amp. Yeah. But... The more I went over the set and was like, oh, I could do this and make this sound, oh, put that pedal on. Oh, this song, oh, I could do this and not this. But just the pedal board just got bigger yeah. and bigger. And it's still too small for what I need, to be honest. Like, I could add extra stuff on there, but I just like, no, it'll be fine. Or, you know, I'll end up just tap dancing all night. But well, you use it well. Do you um, run it? You, you run in stereo through this. I run thing. a stereo rig. That I, I blame COVID for that <laughs> because... Yeah. I was sitting in my home studio, you know, constantly playing through, you know, studio monitors. So everything was in stereo for two years. And then I plugged in the amp mono. I was like, oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is definitely not going to work. I need stereo. So, yeah, every rig I do now is stereo. I tried the wet, dry, wet thing, but yeah. eh, it wasn't really for me. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. We're just fully, you know... Uh, what stereo? The plethora effects, or yeah, the stereo. Basically, what happened to, happens is yeah. it comes out of the the main amp, sand yeah. out of the main amp. It goes into the the phase ninety, out of that into the plethora, and then uh, or plethora. I don't know how you pronounce it, but yeah. then it that's where the signal gets split, you know. And then one goes back to the return yeah. of the main amp, and then the other return, the other output goes to the the. I'm using a an angle power amp as well so that that's the right side so everything the main sign is coming from the uh uh the angle artist head that i have like when you get a big dirty tone at the beginning of a song is that or whatever it is is that usually just the angle no overdrive pedals yeah i i I, you know i have this thing i you know i i love overdrive pedals and they're brilliant but when you have them sitting there and you plug into a real amp like the angle you like and you have the overdrive there and you're like why would I use a pedal which trying to just trying to do what that's doing? I'll just use the real thing. So just, well, you could. It's like putting gasoline on a fire. Like maybe I get a little extra. Yeah, that's all. That's all I use overdrive pedals for. I just use. I have a tube screamer. I have the 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 new PRS pedals. The horse horse yeah. meat. It's called and uh, I have a you know a Zeo boost and stuff yeah. by Source Audio. It's just boost. It's like giving it a little bit more of a kick. That's it really. So. Um, but yeah, no, the angle stuff's brilliant. And it's funny because I use the angle power amp, which has six L6s, and the the main head is EL34s. So there's a slight contrast in sound in both yeah. the left and right side. Maybe that's good. So it's, eh, it's cool. 
All right, real quick, uh, would, do you have strings endorsement or? Uh, yes, I use Diodario strings. I've tens. Uh, Ten to forty-six, just just standard, nothing yeah. nothing fancy. Um, Me too. They're such a great company, Dario. Yeah, you, you know what? I've I've used various other string manufacturers in the past, and but I always just go back to Diodario. It's it's what I started out with when I was ten, and yeah. I'm like, you know, and they're so good to me, and uh, I, you know. Yeah, family business. Yeah, and then, you know, their, their cables are brilliant too. I and use their do cables. Do they make your picks? No, I have a uh, an independent guy which oh, yeah. makes my picks for me. So um, yeah, don't cool. ask me what they are. I have no idea. Yeah, they're cool shape. They're a little more pointy than like a fender shape. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, people always, people, I'm not one of these guys get caught up in what, you know, plectrums they use. I just, yeah. people ask me what plectrums you use. I go, yeah triangle shaped ones <laughs> hey i'm with you too but you'd be surprised if, how come you didn't ask him what his pick was <laughs> yeah i think it's a I, I don't know what it's made of i think it's just it's one millimeter i know yeah, that. i've played them i describe it as definitely kind of like tortex or something rather than the fender yeah original fender type of pick you know better than me man i'm, I'm useless yeah. <laughs> do you ever play that lukather lick are you a lukather fan oh massive wait with that what's that oh yeah I don't know. There's, there's a moment in the set where I feel like I hear a little. Oh, you did. Like, it's a complete ripoff. I did. It la- I did it lazy. Actually, it's like a. a, a uh, <laughs> mix it up a little bit. So I, I'm, that's such a great thing. We're talking about the end of Rosanna, which uh, some yeah. musicians, guitar nerds, it's like, it's a, the record's halfway faded out at that point, and it's just so great. I know. It's... I know. So I'm like, I showed that to him, like, cause I was like, dude, you got to show me his lick, because, you know, I've done this with him. So hmm. He's like, that's, I didn't play anything like that. Like, he doesn't remember... He tries to play something like, dude, that is not what you played on the record. That's <laughs> hell of cool, but that's not it. Yeah, no, nah, he's actually, look, look at this. Nah, you yeah. know, he's just one of those annoying geniuses. Just like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's a true live player. He just kind of throws shit down. and That's it. That's it. Well, cool. Simon, thank you so much for uh, meeting oh. with us today. Oh, cheers for having me, man. It's been a lot yeah. of fun. And thanks for having us on this tour. It's been oh. killer. Yeah, and you're lucky. Uh, we love Europe so much. You know, it's such a refreshing break sometimes to get over here from the States. Yeah, it's you, know. uh, you know Europe's a good place to play. You know the audiences are very reactive and very responsive, yeah. so they're great. You know, yeah. 
And I love all these standing room shows too. Except for Switzerland, they had the seats, of course, in Switzerland. Yeah, well, you, you guys missed the UK shows. You know, they were all seated, which is like, oh, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, don't, you didn't want to do those ones anyway. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I guess if we had to miss some, those would be good ones to miss. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Duty calls. Thank you so much for doing this. Maybe we could play a little thing out. Sure. Here, give, I need one more dose of Simon. One more dose of me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> to your 95 Simon Oh, 